Welcome to this episode of The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This is episode 5 of season 6 and the topic is writing challenges. You must have seen the comments on social media recently when people write their daily word counts. Well, if you haven't, suffice to say that most people are encouraging and the writing community tend to be among those. However, there are those people who, they seem to feel they have to jump all over the post and shame you. Personally, I see this as projecting. It never seems to occur to some people to simply scroll by and get on with their lives. Obviously, I can't speak for other writers and their reasons, but my reasons for posting daily word counts when I'm writing regularly were twofold. First, to record my word count for my needs, and secondly, in case it helped other writers to get writing. When you post something in the public domain, you're showing the world and putting myself out there means I've made it official. I can't go back on it without embarrassing and humiliating myself. That's my take on it. This helped me when I was trying to finish a novel and I employed the help of another writer on Twitter to hold me accountable to complete it. If I'd stopped, I'd be disappointed with myself. But having it play out in public, whether people are watching it or not, means I had to complete it. I sort of sabotaged myself and it worked. When I was completing my last novel, I wrote my daily word count each night or indeed each morning around 2 or 3 a.m. before I went to bed. Mostly there were congratulatory responses. I think because I try to surround myself with pleasant people online. I probably wouldn't connect with those who are going to write nasty responses. If I did, I'd likely disconnect. But seeing congratulatory responses gees me on and motivates me to continue. There is also a much deeper agenda at play here. Posting progress reports and word counts of a new novel is early marketing for when it's published. So, as this is an episode about writing challenges, daily word counts or goal setting might be one. Same with weekly and monthly goal setting. We all have days when all we want to do is write, but there's just so many things that stop us, or that we want to write, but the words are just not forthcoming. We're human, we're not robots, so we can't just expect this stuff to simply happen because we've arranged our day for it to happen. Often this is down to our minds trying to make sense of a story because it's still at the creation stage. Getting the gist down is one thing, but sometimes it needs to percolate a little before we really get into it. And that might show itself through procrastination. We can't always be productive in our writing. Some days we have to go a little slower, just like we do in any other job we've had. I used to work in the NHS in mental health admin. And there were days when I'd get into the office after battling with an hour's worth of traffic, only to sit at my desk with a coffee in my hands and think, what on earth am I meant to do today? Some days we've got it all planned out and the day before too in preparation for the next day, and other days, just not so much. But we're not robots. It happens in all jobs, writing's the same. A prime example that combines both a writing challenge and goal setting, but to a timer, a month-long timer, is NaNoWriMo. It's an extreme challenge, and it can be a good challenge, but more on this in a moment. I've had a few writing challenges in the creation of my last novel and I find one way to help me overcome the challenge is talking to you. Here's just a few of the challenges I faced. 
how to combine two stories into one. This was more of a formatting challenge in the end, but it took me a while to work that out. It's so easy when you know the answer already, isn't it? It took me such a long time. I was trying to work out whether or not each of the stories need to be written first, how I put them together, when I put them together. It was a really difficult one to get my head around. The second challenge I had was whether to be consistent and use US English throughout or UK English throughout. The problem was both were appropriate. In my previous novel, I based it in the US, but I'm English, so I wrote it in UK English and just used phonetics for a lot of the dialogue. I did this because I'd read a year or so before a book from a Canadian writer who based their novel in London but used US English throughout. It irked me to read that, but I saw the reviews and nobody mentioned this at all, so I decided it must be okay. If it doesn't irritate other readers, maybe it's just me. So I wrote my novel in UK English and, interestingly, nobody commented as much in my reviews either. Maybe it's just something that bothers me. Who knows? However, in my current novel, because of the kind of story it is, it takes place in both the UK and the US, and it was appropriate to use both. So I did. The spell checker hated it, of course, but it was the right thing to do for that novel. That was where the challenge came in. To ensure I covered the right words in the right context and using the right colloquialisms, I had a team of English beta readers and a couple of US beta readers looking at it too. It will be interesting to see what the reviewers think about it when it's out. I would like them all to know though that I really put myself through hell trying to get this one right. The third challenge I had with this novel was that it became the biggest story I've ever written. It got to 105,000 words before being pared down to 95,000 words. I understand a lot of writers write many more words in their novels, but for me, this was the biggest. Along with a big novel comes other challenges like answering the questions you've raised, keeping up with character descriptions, traits and personality nuances. So exhaustion can be a big deal if you're struggling to get the end of the story but want to incorporate tension and a satisfying ending. Challenge central. Right, now to the beast that is writing challenge 101, NaNoWriMo. I recorded a podcast a few years ago that gave my own personal pros and cons about it based upon my experiences over eight consecutive years of participating. Please keep in mind that I don't want to yuck on your yum if you think nano is the best thing ever because we all have our own individual likes and dislikes when it comes to writing resources. I think NaNoWriMo is a brilliant writing resource but I also think you have to be in the right mindset for it. Here's an abridged version of what I said on the older podcast of The Versatile Writer. It was called Nano versus No Nano, if you want to look it up. First of all, some of you might not even know what Nano is. It's an international writing challenge that has grown and evolved incredibly. The challenge is to write 50,000 words within the month of November. That's 30 days to write 1,667 words each day and by the end of the month you'll have 50,000 words that are intended to be the backbone of a novel. The website is www.nanorimo.org That's nanorimo, N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O.org And it's free to participate. So there's the opportunity to donate money to the site as well. 
Here's my top five likes of Nano number one. The main thing about it is that writing that amount per day becomes habit. So after the month is over, you'll hopefully be able to keep the habit going. The discipline to write every day, no matter what, might be pretty daunting. It's worth remembering that nothing that you want badly is just going to fall into your lap. So a bit of discipline to write those words in the first place is a big plus. Number two, being held accountable. Being held accountable to get to that word count is vital. Yeah, it's easy to say, yeah, I'll write about 2,000 words every day, come what may. But really, can you do it every single day without caveats? Have you really got enough of a story to write that much every day? And their energy too. If you do, then Nano can really help you keep track of those words and really make them count for the work you're putting in. Holding yourself accountable is good, but being held accountable by others is even better. After all, who wants to let somebody else down? Especially if you've both agreed to do it and one of you pulls out during the challenge. That could get very awkward very quickly. Although generally, we can be pretty forgiving. Who knows what's going on in people's lives? Number three. If you've had an idea for a story for years and years and years and it's been driving you nuts, Nano is a really great opportunity to empty your head. Once your head has been emptied of the characters, what they're up to, the storyline, the plot, the genre and the structure and just about everything else that's using up valuable headspace, you'll feel relieved and better yet, you'll be able to think about other stories to write during the next Nano. Number four, talking of being held accountable, it's really useful to see your daily, weekly and monthly progress rising on the chart on the Nano website. Often, when you write either via pen or pad or finger to keyboard, it can get tedious at times. Obviously, you can see the word count is on your computer, but seeing the table on your screen rising each day gives you another kind of satisfaction. Number five, the Nano community are, on the whole, pretty good. They can be supportive, encouraging and helpful. If you're personal friends with others who are participating, it's worth joining your local Nano meetup called Write-Ins. They're often held by MLs, Municipal Liaisons, jolly nice people who volunteer their time to assist. I've attended loads of Write-Ins over the years and even held a few myself. These meetings are not for nattering. They're spaces in which to write, focus and get on with the task at hand. They're usually held at cafes, bookshops, libraries, pubs, pretty much anywhere where there's a space for the community to use. You'll find out who's holding a local meetup when you sign up. Your community often meet online too and hold timed writing sprints. I've taken part and they can be very exciting. I've even held time writing sprints, high energy ones, on the radio show I used to present. I had several writers in the studio at one time and all writing during a four-minute track and discovering how many words were written afterwards. Some were writing by hand and some were writing on the keyboard, therefore they would probably reach more words. But not necessarily. One writer friend of mine began the sequel to her recently published book via the on-air sprint by completing nearly 2,000 words during a broadcast. And talking of publishing... You can't do that until you've written the book. That's the good things I've experienced with Nano. Here are the downsides. Again, these are from my own experiences. Number one, commitment. Can you commit time and energy to this challenge every day? It's tough enough to go to work, 
deal with your family, find time to rest, attend any clubs you're going to. So adding another challenge to your day can be exhausting. During the first week, you often find yourself excited to get going, but by week two, you might start to sag a little bit. By week three, it's easy to lag behind when you see week four looming up. It's tough going. You need to be really committed to this challenge and make it work for you, not against you. Writing more than the set amount each day can stand you in good stead for the days that are tougher going. That would be my advice. Write as many as you possibly can over the minimum amount for the first week. The second week, maybe stick to the minimum amount. The third week, do as many as you can again. And then by that point, you're gliding towards the fourth week. Number two, because of the commitment you've made yourself to complete this challenge, there's a certain amount of pressure you put upon yourself. Some of us thrive on pressure and some of us don't. I'm a bit of both. It depends what the pressure's about and what the deadline is. When there are other things going on in your life and you need to prioritise, the pressure you might feel to complete your daily target with, hopefully, a progressive story might stick in your throat a bit. If you've got a supportive family or a network of supportive friends around you, someone else might help with getting dinner, feeding the baby, taking the dog for a walk. But if it's all falling to you, these pressures add to the already pressurised environment of your creative writing, especially as Christmas is also going to be looming. Number three, seeing how well other writers are doing can be a demotivator. Not because you don't want them to do well, but because you feel like you're falling behind. If, like me, you're inclined to beat yourself up if you don't achieve something, that can actually work against you really quickly. I realise there are a lot of self-motivated individuals out there who don't need others to support your emotional life. But then there are others who do. I find it incredibly easy to put myself and my achievements down. After all, if I do it first, then if others try, it won't hurt so much. There are also those people that as soon as you start writing day one, 1,667 on your graph, and you look at their ones on day one, they've written... I've completed 50,000 words. How on earth is that even possible? You must have been doing it before it actually began. Those kinds of things used to really get to me. Number four, the idea of reaching the end goal and winning, in inverted commas, nano, is a bit of a turn-off for me. Reaching the end goal is fantastic, but calling it winning isn't. The opposite of winning is losing. It's interesting, actually, because NaNoWriMo is about words, and words are really powerful. And I feel like there's certain words that you can use that can pull someone to pieces, as well as relifting someone, a really important thing to think about. NaNo is not a competition, nor is it a race. It is a challenge, but sometimes people can take it a bit too far. There are countless reasons why you might not have won, in inverted commas, NaNo. What if your story just wasn't long enough? There's no point in padding out a story to make it longer. Your story might be fully told at 35,000 words. But that's 15,000 too short for Nano's rules. But you didn't lose because your story is complete. But you also didn't win. That dilemma is problematic. What if you're exhausted? Nothing on earth will increase your energy apart from rest. And rest isn't really included in Nano. What if you didn't plan your story, not because you're not a planner, but because your story is coming at you from another place? Nano likes to differentiate between planners and pantsters, so-called because you're writing from the seat of your pants. 
Some hardcore participators begin planning their novels in the spring or the summer. Doing it a week before you begin can still be helpful, though it really depends what you want out of your nano experience. Planning your nano is the best way towards completing the challenge, but bear in mind that nano is mostly about quantity over quality. At this stage, you're just dumping information from your head onto the page. Editing absolutely must come later after the challenge is done. Spending time editing during nano is wasting precious hours that you can do next month or next year. I've done both planning and pantsing in the past because each story came at me from different directions and I was in different places within my life to focus on both stories. The point being, one size does not fit all because, yep, you guessed it, we're humans, we're not robots. Lastly, number five. Sitting, writing or typing for hours a day for the whole month messes with your regular routine. We often encourage and incentivise ourselves with junk food or huge caffeine intake just to get the next few hundred words out. It's not a particularly healthy way to behave, especially as Christmas is fast approaching and those who celebrate often use that as an excuse to overindulge. Essentially, two months of bad food choices isn't a great idea, so try to motivate yourself with healthier snacks and exercises during and after each session. Getting out into nature that time of year can be a godsend. Go for a walk, a swim or a jog, if that's your thing, but try to keep the exercise going for the whole month. Who knows, if that wasn't your thing in the first place, you might find that's your next challenge through December. In conclusion, I participated in NaNoWriMo for eight consecutive years. I got utterly pulled into the annual hype and completed four, with four being a mixture of a 35,000 word novella, 60 short stories ranging from 500 words to 10,000 words and an incomplete story that stopped me at the end of the first week because I'd, I'd utterly lost interest in it, probably because I was either already exhausted or already too hyped up to think clearly. One year, a few weeks before Nano began, I had a panic attack. My husband asked why I was putting myself under so much pressure to participate. I couldn't answer him. It was then that I realised I didn't have to take part. I felt utterly liberated. From then on, I stopped taking part. It's worth mentioning that, if like me you're prone to having an addictive personality, think carefully before taking on an intense challenge like this. Nano is a fantastic writing tool, resource and writing challenge, but only if you're in the right frame of mind to participate. All that said, if you take part every year, or if this is your first year, I wish you lots of enjoyment. To be honest, I've never heard of someone not finishing their first time with a completed novel. But if you need to pull away, please listen to your body. I hope you've got something out of this week's episode. You can continue discussions raised here on the podcast's Facebook page. The link is in the show notes. Or else you can type the Versatile Writer podcast group into Facebook and it should show up. Please subscribe also to the podcast for it to appear in your feed and when a new episode is live. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Versatile Writer on the topic of writing challenges.